On today's episode, we rage ahead with steroids. And then I'll fill you in on what you really need to know about the latest fashion trend, face masks. All this and more coming up on the Mayo Clinic Clear Approach podcast, your home for aerospace medicine that matters. Greetings, everyone. This is Dr. Van, your medical co-pilot, coming to you, as always, from the Mayo Clinic in Blustery, Rochester, Minnesota. I hope everyone out there has had a wonderful holiday. With how long it's been since our last episode, I think I can say Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Religious Holiday of your choice, and Happy New Year altogether. I really am sorry for how long it has been since the last show, But despite my best efforts, this pesky thing called Omicron has absolutely overwhelmed my life lately. I I know, right? I also think it sounds like a Transformer name, probably a Decepticon. But enough apologies. One of my New Year's resolutions is to deliver you all more content. And unlike my new gym membership, this is a promise I intend to keep. So let's get to it. Alright, for today's medication moment, I'd like to talk about steroids. First up, let's start with the basics. What the heck are steroids? Well, it depends. In the purest sense, a steroid is an organic compound that has four carbon rings in a specific shape. Yes, that is a really boring description to everyone except people who want to go to med school or who like flying VORDME arcs. Speaking more human health-wise, steroids are hormones made naturally in the body, and they do lots and lots of important things. Some common steroids are testosterone, aldosterone, and cortisol, which is the main focus of today. Cortisol is a naturally produced steroid made by the adrenal glands, two glands that sit on top of the kidneys like hats. Interesting historical side note, the discovery of cortisol and figuring out exactly what the adrenal glands do actually happened here at the Mayo Clinic, and the two doctors involved were awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 1950. And no, I don't get like a Mayo Clinic sweatshirt for mentioning that. Moving on. Cortisol, again, is the naturally occurring hormone that your body produces. It is known as a stress hormone, and that's because it does things that are helpful during a fight-or-flight response, such as increasing blood sugar for energy use, improving our brain's use of that sugar, and downregulating all those non-essential body functions and systems, like digestion. So, you can thank cortisol and a few other hormones for that amped up feeling you get next time you are, I don't know, chased by a tiger or someone cuts you off in traffic or during your next flight review. Well, I guess that would be a fight in flight response. While cortisol is the naturally occurring steroid, modern chemistry has supplied us a whole bunch of synthetic versions. Things like prednisone, triamcinolone, and dexamethasone. These have trade names like Orapred, Kenalog, and the fan favorite, Medrol. Alright, I've spent the last few minutes of your life talking about steroids. 
And you're probably thinking right now, what's the big deal, Dr. Van? It's not like we're going to go out and ride in the Tour de France or something. Well, the reason that I wanted to touch on this is that it's very likely that you will encounter or have already encountered steroids as part of your medical life. Steroids are used for a lot of different things. Things like asthma, anaphylactic reactions, gout, rheumatoid arthritis, nerve injuries, even sinus infections. Pretty much any time we want to decrease inflammation or immunity, we can use steroids. So again, your chances of using this great set of medications is really high. And the big deal here is that while steroids are great, they have just about as many side effects as they do uses. Even in small doses, steroids can cause things like rapid heart rate, high blood pressure, profuse sweating, insomnia, cataracts, edema, acne. If you're diabetic, it can also cause your blood sugar to go out of control. If you take steroids long enough, your immune system can also become impaired. And most importantly for pilots, the use of steroids can lead to acute anxiety, personality changes, and even psychotic episodes. All joking aside, I have seen individuals with absolutely no mental health history completely and temporarily lose their minds and end up in inpatient psychiatric wards after a course of steroids. Now, because of this, steroids are yet another medication that the FAA worries about. If you wander over to the FAA website and look under pharmaceuticals, you will see that the FAA will not allow aviation medical examiners to issue medical certificates to pilots who are using high doses of steroids chronically. Don't get me wrong, there are some conditions that do require long-term steroid use, like really bad asthma. If that's you, you will need a special issuance for a certificate. The takeaway point on steroids and flying is that you will likely be offered treatment with steroids for some sort of medical condition sometime in your life. Treatment may be short, like five days, or long-term. In either case, you should really consider the risks versus benefits from using steroids. And if you do use steroids, I would recommend holding off on flying until you know how it would make you feel. Remember, steroids can pump you up, but they can also crash you down. Okay, for today's medical topic, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite word of 2021 and maybe 2020, masks. Almost everyone in their grandma has a mask now. But while having something covering our mouths and noses constantly is forever a fixture of our lives, there remains a lot of misunderstanding about masks in general. With the rise of Omicron, using masks appropriately is more important than ever. So I want to review this in brief in the hope that you can all stay healthy, safe, and flying over the next few weeks. The first thing to know about masks is that they are like pilots. They come in all sorts of different shapes and capabilities. The most simple type of masks out there are cloth masks. Cloth masks are made out of, well, you guessed it, a variety of cloths. It can be made from a t-shirt, grandma's apron, gym shorts, you name it, you can find it on Etsy. 
as you can imagine, there are a lot of variations out there in the free-range world of cloth masks. And there are both wrong and right ways to use this type of mask. In general, cloth masks should have a material that is thick enough to protect others from your expirations. One way to test if your mask is up to par is to hold it up to a bright light. If you can see the light through your mask, then your respiratory droplets can get out. Also, while we all want to be comfortable, cloth masks should not leave gaps around the nose or cheeks. I know, right? Horrific when you think about what you see on a daily basis with mask use. You also want to avoid using masks that have exhale ports. You also want to avoid masks that have exhale ports. That just turns your breathing into a droplet rocket. Next up on the mask ladder are disposable masks. Most call these surgical masks or procedure masks. These pretty much have to abide by the same rules as cloth masks, although we have much less concern about the material being thick enough with these devices. A good fit does remain key. On that note though, Mother Nature has indeed blessed the world with a plethora of different face types. And getting a good fit can sometimes be really hard. One way to up your mask game is to wear not just one, but two masks. For example, using a disposable mask under a cloth mask. There is also a wide variety of mask fitters or braces out there that can help ensure a tight fit. And you can also tighten up the ear loops or use a mask with two straps to help keep the mask flush with your face. All right, that summarizes what I call free range masks. The next big world in masks are masks that meet certain standards, such as the standard of, quote, meets workplace performance, end quote. You can read more about these standards online, but just know that masks labeled with these standards are designed, constructed, and tested with specific requirements. The final bucket of masks are not really masks at all, but are known as respirators. Now, even though many respirators look like a mask, they are in fact very different. Masks, even with a proper fit, are still relatively loose. And the primary purpose of cloth masks are to protect the environment from the wearer. That's right, you heard me. Every time you go shopping while wearing a mask, you're not only protecting other customers, but the entire store when you make a target run. In contrast, respirators have a very tight fit, and their purpose is to protect the wearer from breathing in particles from the environment. Now, there are a ton of different respirators and different standards that can be applied to these respirators. And respirators include everything that looks like a mask to things that look like you are ready to walk on Mars or scuba dive. But the type of respirator that most of us are most exposed to and used to hearing about are what's called disposable N95 or K95 respirators. The reason for the 95 number is that these respirators, when properly fitted, will filter out about 95% of the particles in the air for the wearer. Note again, I said when properly fitted. In fact, fit is so important for this respirator, healthcare providers actually have to go through a fit test before they can use such a respirator in the healthcare setting. It's a pretty neat process where you see if particles are leaking past the respirator 
in a controlled environment, but that's an entirely different podcast. Just know that you can't simply lay an N95 respirator on your face and go about your way. A tight fit that still allows you to breathe is key. What's the difference between an N95 and a K95? Well, N95 masks are made and tested according to standards set in the U.S. K95 is made for a standard set in China. If you really want to complicate things, there's also a KF94 mask, which meets requirements in Korea. For a while, early in the pandemic, you could use either a KN95 or an N95. However, now that masks are more available in the U.S., the FDA no longer allows the use of K95 masks in healthcare. This decision was bolstered by reports that almost 60% of the K95 respirators in use were actually counterfeit. So if you're going to get a respirator, buy one that is N95. Now, the reason that I am focusing so much on the N95 mask right now is because of Omicron. As you have no doubt heard, the Omicron variant is highly transmissible. And because of that, the N95 respirator is now the recommended form of protection against the Omicron variant. Now, there are some devils in the details, like the difference between regular N95 masks and surgical N95 masks. And I don't want to put you to sleep through this podcast. But you can find out more information by visiting the CDC website and looking up masks there. And my fellow pilots, please take it from me. I've been back on the front lines working with acute COVID cases, and this variant spreads like wildfire. Everybody is getting it. So if you want to stay flying, stay healthy, and protect yourself from complications like long-haul COVID, please get vaccinated and get your mask. So that's it for 2022's first Mayo Clinic Clear Approach podcast. I hope I'll be getting these out to you more frequently as we go forward, and there'll be less variants to keep me busy. Remember, this podcast is an offshoot of our Mayo Clinic Clear Approach teleconsulting service. If you're a pilot and you've got a medical question about your health and flying, you can log on to our website at mayoclinic.org, search for Clear Approach in that top little search bar there. It'll bring you to our uh, service page. You can sign up for an account and send our team of aviation medical examiners your question. Usually within 24 to 48 hours, one of us will get back to you and help provide you some guidance. Just on another note, we've also switched to a different podcast hosting website. The new one is called Buzzsprout. And I encourage my listeners to uh, take a visit to that. And if you have any questions, comments, or any stories that you would like to share, or even if you're interested in being on the show yourself, please just uh, send us a message through that. Until next time, this is Dr. Van, your medical co-pilot, wishing you great flying and even better health.